his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and I'm speaking with Holly Marquardt, board member at Foreclosed Upon Pets, Inc. The animal rescue organization has a few local events coming up, including their 15th annual fundraiser in August. Holly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So what exactly is Foreclosed Upon Pets, Inc.? It's a local organization helping rehome pets in our community. We started out in 2008 due to the high amount of foreclosures and people basically walking away from their homes and their animals. And there was a need to find fosters for these animals. And that's kind of, you know, how we all started and and continuing because people are still, there's tough times and people have passed or due to illness, they need to find another home for their animal. And that's where we come, come into play. Okay. So there's a lot of great animal rescue organizations in Las Vegas. Is that the main thing that you would say sets foreclosed upon pets apart from the others is the focus on helping pets who have lost their home or lost their owners? It is one. And our local community, we do not have a building. We are 100% volunteer rescue We basically have fundraisers one time a year and different community involvement to generate funds for feeding the animals. All the medical expenses, uh, veterinarian costs have gone up significantly. I don't know if you have an animal yourself, but... (laughs) Yeah, I have six of them or, well, five of them now, but (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, the, the cost of vet bills have gone up significantly. And so the cost to adopt an animal from foreclosed upon pets does not even cover the expenses that we incur for each animal because we make sure that they're spayed or neutered. We make sure they have all their vaccinations. We make sure that they have a clean bill of health before they get adopted. Now, we do have some older animals that do have some health issues, you know, and there, there are some people that adopt those type of animals to give them their forever home until they are ready to move along. Now, you mentioned community involvement, so let's talk a little bit about some of the community events you have coming up. What's going on at the Aviators baseball game on July 15th? Yes, on Saturday, July 15th, Fuppy will be at the Las Vegas ballpark with the Aviators playing the Reno Aces. And the ballpark is going to donate $5 from every ticket sold on that night. So Fuppy will, will benefit from this greatly. This is an opportunity for our locals to maybe come check out the ballpark that they have not been to a game before. I think it's a great opportunity to help a local rescue and also have a little fun. 
I, I didn't even realize when I started doing a little research, I've only been to our ballpark one time since they opened in 2019. And ticket sales, you know, start at $18 a ticket, then they go up from there. But it was really a nice evening, get a little shade, watch a little game, uh, have a little fun, maybe make it a little event with some friends. But ultimately, $5 from every ticket sales would go to foreclosed upon pets. So we'd love to have anybody come out and join us. And also we have a booth. You can come by and, and check us out. We have a little bit of information. We'd love to see you. Nice. Okay. And I do have to mention that Saturday, July 15th happens to be Looney Tunes night and they're giving out free bobbleheads. So, you know, yes, that's another another first, bonus. Yep. <laughs> yep. For the first 2000 people, I also noticed that the little Looney Tune bobblehead <laughs> gift. <laughs> awesome. And it is, you're right. It's, it's an amazing stadium. It's very modern and state of the art. So it's a great night. Absolutely. Now, you've also got the 15th annual fundraiser coming up, of course, in August. So tell us more about that event. So when I said we have a community that supports us, the Meadows School is actually hosting the event. They have allowed us to use their facility. And basically, our fundraiser, Little Mix and Mingle, is a night hosted by Mistress of Ceremonies, Sherry Swinsk, with 8 News Now. There's a $45 per ticket price includes a buffet dinner. And there's entertainment provided by the Meadows School. So that is a surprise. We don't know what the entertainment is, but that is provided by the Meadows School themselves. So we have a fun event. We get to mix and mingle with people, all locals. And the raffles that we have, the silent auction items, we've actually had a lot of donations of some very amazing items that I think will interest a lot of people. I don't want to give it away, but... A lot, lot of interesting things, a lot of creative things we've asked for from different people that we work with. We'd love to have anybody come out, join us. And it seems to just be a yearly thing. Like once you come to one, you want to come to the next year. <laughs> nice. Okay. So it's in August. It's at the Meadows School. What's the actual date and time? The actual date is Saturday, August 26th. And the event is from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Meadows School. Okay, awesome. Now, where can people go if they want to learn more about foreclosed upon pets or if they want to get involved, maybe fostering as a volunteer or even adopting one of your pets or if they want to get tickets to the fundraiser? Yes, we have a website and also a Facebook page. You can visit us on facebook.com slash FUPI, F-U-P-I, Las Vegas, or you can call 702 272 0010. Our website is foreclosedupon.pets.org. And tickets are $45 per person and they can be purchased at the event. We would appreciate the RSVP just so we know how many people to accommodate. Okay. And what's the deadline to RSVP? The deadline to RSVP is August 10th. Got it. Okay. So you want the RSVP by August 10th, but they can still purchase tickets the night of the event as well. Correct. If you'd like to email your RSVP, you can email that to smarsh2009 at yahoo.com. And that'll get you to Sandy Marsh directly. Okay. And what's the process if someone wants to volunteer to be a foster? 
If you'd like to volunteer to be a foster with foreclosed upon pets, there are applications online and all the details available. We are looking for volunteers that would like to foster animals, donate their time. We have four locations at PetSmart that have the dogs and cats available for people to view, and we always need volunteers. Okay. So once again, forecloseduponpets.org is the website, forecloseduponpets.org. You can apply there to become a foster parent or to be a volunteer at the various events, like the adoptions that go on every week at various different PetSmart locations. And you can find that information as well on the website, forecloseduponpets.org. They also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vegas. F-U-P-I, Las Vegas, facebook.com slash puppy, Las Vegas. And the phone number is 702-272-0010, And once again, just a rundown on the event. So we've got the Aviators game versus the Reno Aces happening Saturday, July 15th, 7 p.m. at the Las Vegas ballpark. It's Looney Tunes night. They're giving out bobbleheads to the first 2,000 people that come up. And most importantly, $5 from all ticket sales will be donated to Foreclosed Upon Pets. And they'll have a booth there if you want to meet them and get more information. So that's all happening Saturday, July 15th, Aviators versus the Reno Aces. And then the 15th annual fundraiser. Tickets are only $45. So that's happening Saturday, August 26th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Meadow School, which is at Rampart and Lake Mead. Saturday, April 26, 5.30 to 8.30. If you can RSVP by August 10th, it's appreciated. The email for that is Sandy Marsh. Her email is smarsh2009 at yahoo.com, smarsh2009 at yahoo.com. And that, again, is all happening Saturday, August 26th. And once again, the website, if you want to find out more about Foreclosed Upon Pets and what they do in our community, forecloseduponpets.org. And Holly, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know more about what's going on, what you're doing in the community, and of course, everything that you're doing for the pets that definitely need our help. So I really appreciate what you do, and I appreciate you being here sharing the information with us. So thank you. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you for helping us get all this information out there. Hi, I'm Kirsten from Pentatonics. We've all learned how to cope with more time alone. With more time spent isolated or at home, the need for companionship has grown. If you've considered adding a pet to your family, please check with your local shelters and foster organizations. Stray pet numbers have grown immensely over the past several years, and the trauma cost to these animals is devastating. Adopt pets, they need us more than we know. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. A tree can be a warrior, battling global challenges with greater courage. A tree can be a solution, cleaning our air, supporting our communities, and protecting our wildlife. A tree can be noble, growing hope in every corner of the world. That's why now is the time for trees, millions of trees. Join our planting movement at arborday.org. You're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and joining me is Dr. George Grossberg, who treats geriatric patients suffering from a range of neurocognitive disorders, including Alzheimer's disease. Dr. Grossberg, thank you so much for being here today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. 
How prevalent is Alzheimer's in the U.S.? Wow. You know, it's a, unfortunately, it's not only quite prevalent, but growing in prevalence with the aging of the population. Current estimates are that we have over 6.7 million individuals, mostly over the age of 65, that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia. What is the relationship between Alzheimer's and dementia? So that's a question that's often asked, and a lot of confusion about that. So let's start with dementia. So when we're talking about dementia, we're talking about changes in an older adult usually in a variety of brain functions that are now impacting their ability to function on a day-to-day -day basis. Not just memory, particularly short-term memory, which often it starts with, but also things like decision-making, problem-solving. There may be problems with orientation, keeping appointments, paying bills, maybe getting lost while driving, all kinds of things that are very different than the way the person was before. That's dementia. But there are many causes of dementia. And by far and away, the most common cause of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. Other common causes include strokes, multiple strokes. That's called vascular dementia. In addition, there could be Parkinson's dementia, Lewy body dementia, and so on. But the big one, the most common by far, affecting over 6.7 million older Americans, is Alzheimer's dementia. Okay. What are some of the symptoms of Alzheimer's dementia, and when should we report those symptoms to a healthcare professional? So our focus today is on one of the behavioral symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, which is agitation. But as far as the general symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, any change in memory or cognitive functions the healthcare provider should know about if it's something different. It's, it represents a change in functional ability for that older adult, and they can do an evaluation. What is often not mentioned to the healthcare provider in individuals who already have Alzheimer's disease are behavior changes. And one of the most common affecting maybe half or more of Alzheimer's patients, and one of the most distressing is agitated behavior. So it's really, really important that the family, the care partners, share the change in behavior with the healthcare provider so they can work together to develop a treatment plan. Okay. Now, when you talk about agitated behavior, what exactly does agitation look like in a patient with Alzheimer's dementia? Yeah, that's a great question as well. Now, the way families and care partners describe it to me when I ask about it is that they're concerned about a behavior change in their loved one. They may say something, for example, that, you know, my wife or my husband or my mom or dad, you know, used to be the calmest individual. And now they have a short fuse. Even minor things, they tend to explode and get really irritated and, and, and out of control. They may start yelling. They may start screaming. They may start cursing without provocation. Or it could be even physical where the individual's pacing and restless. Or they may even be so irritable that they strike out or threaten to strike out physically and become physically aggressive. Those are the kinds of changes that can occur. Okay, now some of that sounds pretty scary. So what are some tips that caregivers could use to manage agitation in Alzheimer's dementia? Yeah, so I think tips are important. Everything starts with making sure that your healthcare provider knows about it, that this is not their usual behavior, this is different, and that we need to work together and develop a plan. 
initially the big part of the plan is to have the healthcare provider educate the family and the significant others, the care partners, about what to do not to trigger agitated behavior. So how to kind of manage certain day-to-day things like dressing and bathing and grooming without causing that to become agitation or irritability. And then using interventions in the environment, making sure there isn't too much noise or too much sound or too much light or too many distractions in the environment, making the environment kind of more calm, using soothing music or therapeutic touch like massage or aromatherapy, having diversionary activities that the patient enjoys, like going through an album of family photos or doing adult coloring books. The more activities that the individual has, the less likely it is they're going to have kind of free time to become more irritable and agitated. Okay, so those things can prevent agitation in the first place, and then can they also reduce agitation if it's already started? Yes, so that's a very good question. So those interventions can be good to try to prevent preventatively from having things get out of control, but they can also tone down agitated behavior once it's begun. So the earlier that we implement those calming, soothing kinds of behaviors, and interventions with the patient, the better. Okay, perfect. So where could people go if they want to learn more about Alzheimer's, about Alzheimer's agitation, or how to care for a loved one with Alzheimer's? There's a great website, Managing Agitation in ALZ, which stands for Alzheimer's. So Managing Agitation in ALZ.com. And there's a lot of very useful information for families and care partners dealing with Alzheimer's dementia patients. Okay, great. So once again, the website is managing agitation in ALZ.com, managing agitation in ALZ.com. And that will give you more information about managing agitation in a loved one who has Alzheimer's, managing agitation in ALZ.com. And Dr. Grossberg, I want to thank you so much for being here, letting us know more about this specific issue and how it could possibly affect loved ones who have Alzheimer's. So I really appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I taught for 20 years until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually, he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard. But it gave us time to take control of the situation together. I can't imagine going through this without him. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and I'm speaking with eye care expert Dr. Laura Perriman. Approximately 44 million Americans experience dry eye symptoms, including itching, burning, and blurred vision, and it can be caused by a number of things. Dr. Perryman, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. So what are the main causes of eye strain or dry eyes? Oh, that's such a big question. It's a common problem, as you know, and it turns out that there's a ton of risk factors that contribute to the development of chronic dry eye disease. One of the obvious ones is excessive screen time. Now, it's easy to say, reduce your screen time, kind of hard to implement because we're stuck with (laughs) devices all day long, all day, every day. So what's a person to do? You know, don't wear your contacts at the computer screen if you can help it. Rely on your glasses instead. Lower your computer screen. Get a desktop humidifier. Make sure you're well hydrated and take breaks. And what else besides excessive screen time could be causing dry eye issues? Great question. So it turns out there's tons of risk factors. Age, hormone status, systemic medications, recreational medications, (laughs) contact lens wear hydration status, nutrition status, all of these things can contribute to chronic dry disease, even not removing your makeup. That can be an independent driver of the development of dry disease as well. Got to remove your makeup every day. Okay. Yeah. Good tip. Now, of course, here in Las Vegas, it's a dry climate. Mm -hmm. So probably dry eyes are more prevalent than in some other areas of the country. So you've mentioned some tips on how to deal with the screen time, but what are some tips for managing daily dry eye symptoms in general? That's, That's a great question. So you'd be surprised to hear that when you look at the VA study data of the prevalence of dry disease, Miami outranks Denver for prevalence of dry, which is shocking, right? So you think Denver, Las Vegas, similar Rocky Mountain arid climates, but that's not true. So it might have more to do with other factors such as air conditioning, but you're right. Low humidity is a risk factor. You know, here in Seattle, everybody thinks, oh, you don't have dry eye there. It's too wet (laughs) all the time. It's like, well, you got to remember cold air doesn't hold much moisture. And so there's still that evaporative load. You still need to blink. You still need blink breaks. And, you know, reach for artificial tears. There's some quality tears out there that we'll talk about that can provide up to eight hours of relief. Okay. Yeah. What should we look for when shopping for eye drops or artificial tears, as you call them? Yes. So going to that section of the drugstore is overwhelming, right? Mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the cliff notes. Here's what you should <laughs> look for. You definitely want a preservative-free option and you want something that will address multiple layers of that precious tear film to give you some relief. You want something that'll hydrate the eye, the sensitive eye, uh, address the evaporative load that is so common with dry disease. And that can be found with sustained, complete, preservative-free lubricant eye drops readily available in that section of the drugstore. Okay. So where can people go if they wanted to find out more information about keeping their dry eyes under control and caring for dry eyes? Yeah. So you can find out more about dry eye disease and what makes Sustain Complete Preservative-Free Lubricant Eye Drops so very special at uh, sustain.com. And that's spelled S-Y-S-T-A-N-E.com. 
Okay, so sustain.com is the website, sustain, S-Y-S-T-A-N-E.com. And specifically, the Sustain Complete Preservative-Free Eye Drops are one of the best options available right now. And Dr. Perryman, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know more about how to deal with dry eyes and some tips for avoiding it. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Every child deserves good vision to be able to read, learn, or kick a ball. Each day a child can't see, they fall behind. Together we can change that. Eye Care for Kids is the solution. In the past 21 years, we've helped over half a million underserved children with vision screenings, exams, and eyeglasses. Your contribution today can provide the gift of sight for a child tomorrow in Las Vegas. Donate now at eyecare4kids.org. We see the urgent threat of climate change every day. Tornadoes in Texas, droughts in Europe, typhoons in the Philippines. But what don't we see? How the climate crisis hits vulnerable people the hardest, women and girls. That's why CARE helps the world's most marginalized people build resiliency and fight for a more just and sustainable world. You can help. Learn more at care.org slash climate you're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and joining me is Andrew Testa, tech expert from Verizon. According to a recent report on summer travel, 85% of Americans plan to travel this summer, with nearly a quarter of them planning to leave the country. As vacationers start packing, experts say it's important to ask if you have the tech you need for the trip. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Thank you so much for having me. So what are some of the biggest obstacles for people when they're traveling and still trying to stay connected with family and friends back home? Sure. So I think, you know, we've become so reliant on tech, right? And so when you're traveling and you're not home and you don't have everything that you usually have at home, the tough part can be making sure you've got the right tech to make sure that you can stay connected with family and friends, that you don't lose your battery life, right? I, I think we've all sometimes experienced battery anxiety when that percentage goes low on the phone. And so you wanna make sure that you are just fully prepared. You've got the right tech and you've got the right phone plan. So I think that's you know what's critically important when you're uh, heading out on a trip. Yeah, that battery anxiety. I remember back in the day when you used to be able to swap out the batteries from your phone and I would just have like, you know, four or five of them on hand, but we can't really do that anymore. So what what are the best charging solutions? Because I know, especially when you go to Europe, when you go overseas, the charging ports are different. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think, you know, so th there's two that I have here for you. So one is called the, the Mophie Power Station Pro AC. And so what I love about this one, it can give you five full phone charges that can also charge it quickly. So it will charge your phone up to 50% in just 30 minutes. It also has an AC outlet as well. So, you know, so you've got your laptop with you or something that just needs to be plugged in. It can also handle that. So that's one of my favorites. And then uh, the Mophie Snap Plus multi-device travel charger. This thing's amazing because, you know, it has a very nice case that you can bring with you. It folds out and not only can it charge, you know, your phones, but it can charge your smartwatch and a number of different devices. So it also has wireless charging as well. So whether it's phones, earbuds, a smartwatch, it's super portable and can help you manage all those cables that you're uh, going to be bringing with you to, to keep all of your devices charged. 
Okay. Now, I know that sometimes at the airport, there's USB ports that you can just kind of plug into, but I've been hearing a lot lately that sometimes scammers are using those ports and making it a data transfer port rather than a charging port so they can get access to your phone. What are the best solutions when you're traveling and you just you don't want to have the big charger with you? You just want to plug in somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think having a portable charger that you know will will keep you covered for multiple charges, I think is really important. I think you want to make sure, as you said, that you're you're being you're being safe. And so I think making sure you've got the right charger. So this this Mopi Power Station Pro AC, I think is the absolute perfect travel companion to have with you because it really can keep the whole family's phone charged and it's all in one small gadget. So that's the one that I would go with. Nice. Okay. So what do we need to know about wireless plans and roaming charges before we go traveling? Yeah, I think, you know, before you leave for that trip, you want to make sure that you've got the right phone plan. And so, you know, Verizon just introduced a plan called My Plan, which is fully customizable, puts the customer in charge. So you decide what goes into your plan and what goes out. So, you know, some of the other guys, they might have these big bundles with all these things included. And it's really hard to really sort through what's included. What am I paying for that I, you know, don't even use? And so with this, you get exactly what you want and you know exactly what you're paying for. So in this case, right, so we have perks. And so each of those perks are $10. So things like Disney Plus, Apple One, 100 gigabytes of hotspot, which could be really handy. But especially when you're traveling, we've got travel packs, which lets you use your phone just like you would at home in an international destination. So for Travel Pass, you can get uh, that perk for $10, you get three days of Travel Pass. Uh, And so you can bank those days. So if you know you're going on a trip, say you're going to Portugal three months from now, you can add that perk to your plan for the next three months, you could bank those days and then use those nine days, you know, at your trip. And then you can change your perk over because you don't need Travel Pass anymore. So it's fully customizable. And again, we'll help you save some money along the way as well. Okay, so do you think a pick and choose kind of a la carte option ends up being cheaper than a completely unlimited plan? Yeah, I mean, what has really started here in the wireless industry is you'll see all these big bundles and they all include different content. So maybe some will say, okay, here you get Netflix or uh, over here you get Disney. What we're doing here is saying, you know, why pay for things that you don't need or want, right? So if uh, you want Disney Plus, you could include it in your perk and you can save on that. So it's just $10 and and each of these perks, you can save between $3 and $35 on each perk. And so it really is designed to save you money and then just making sure you, you get what you want. You're not getting something that we're, you know, forcing you to have in a bundle. Okay, so when the bundle says it's included and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I get Disney Plus for free, they're not really getting it for free. They're paying for it. They just don't know they're paying for it. Exactly. And, you know, if you don't use Disney Plus, it's not a value add for you. So that that's what I think is really important is just making sure our customers and, you know, all wireless customers have an opportunity to, to, to know what they're paying for and actually use what they're paying for. Okay. And as far as the phones themselves go, is all technology compatible worldwide or is it still where, okay, if you're traveling to this part of Europe, you can only have this type of phone. And if you're traveling to Asia, you can only have that type of phone. 
Yeah, that's something that, you know, dependent on the destination. So you're going to want to make sure that you you look into what that country's network is like, right? So if you go to Verizon's Travel Pass website, we've got uh, more than 250 countries that you can use your phone in those countries using Travel Pass. But you're going to want to make sure that dependent how long your stay is going to be internationally, that you've got the right phone plan and the right phone to be able to make that make sense for you. And so we always encourage our customers, you know, check out the international page on Verizon's website. You'll be able to see what countries are included. We've got long-term plans as well as the short-term, which Travel Pass is really good for. And so you're going to definitely want to make sure you, you take a peek at that before you go on a trip. Cool. Okay. So where can listeners go if they want to find out more about technology, traveling with technology, and the must-haves that they need before taking that trip? Yeah. So to learn more about my plan, uh, verizon.com slash my plan, but then we've got verizon.com slash deals. You can find deals on all the gadgets we talked about and even more. We've got gaming for the kids when you take them on a trip, which is so important. We've got all kinds of different gadgets that you never would imagine Verizon would carry. So you're going to want to check that out and then check out our travel page at verizon.com. Cool. Okay. So verizon.com slash my plan. If you want to find out more about the new my plan where you can pick and choose what you want, verizon.com slash my plan. And if you want to check out the tech deals, go to verizon.com slash deals, verizon.com slash deals. And Andrew, I want to thank you so much for being here, letting us know the must haves that we need for traveling this summer and cluing us into some of the brand new plans and types of technology that are out there. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. One in four Americans today are living with a disability. I'm one of them. I care deeply about creating a world we can all fully participate in, free from stigma, misperceptions and barriers. And we've got a trusted ally on our side, an organization we can rely on, Easter Seals. Rooted in communities nationwide, Easter Seals helps empower millions of people, regardless of age or disability, through its life-changing services and powerful advocacy. Today and every day, Easter Seals is leading the way to full equity, inclusion, and access to healthcare, employment, and education for people with disabilities, families, and communities. That's my Easter Seals. Make it yours. Learn more and get involved at EasterSeals.com. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me is Scott Knapp, Director of Worldwide Buyer Risk Prevention at Amazon. The Better Business Bureau says impersonation is one of the most common tactics used by scammers, and that includes fake Amazon order confirmations. Scott leads thousands of investigators, scientists, and analysts to keep Amazon customers and selling partners safe. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Heather. Great to be here. So what are some of the most common scams you're seeing these days at Amazon? And these, with Prime Day getting ready to happen, we're seeing an uptick just like we did last year in something we call credential phishing scams, where bad actors will reach out to consumers saying, hey, there's a problem with your Amazon account. And if you'll just give us your login and password and, and maybe even your credit card information, we'll take care of it for you. 
that's pretty common. And then the other old standard, unfortunately, is that, like you mentioned, the order confirmation scam. And this is where a scammer will reach out and say, hey, we just want to confirm that you ordered this, let's call it an iPad, kind of expensive item. And people get super concerned because they didn't order it and they're worried about getting charged. So they'll reach back out to the scammer and who will ask them for, hey, just I need to confirm your login information. So now they're giving up a password. And hey, maybe if you'll give me your credit card information, I can make sure the your card doesn't get charged. You can see that it doesn't end up ending very well. Yeah, exactly. Now, I admit that I have received Amazon-type scams because I shop a lot at Amazon. But what I do is I would log into my account and see, hey, is that order there? Is that something I ordered and somehow forgot? But I can see how people might accidentally fall for something like that and just take the easy route and click the link. So what are some tips to help identify whether that confirmation email or that credential phishing is actually a scam and not legit? Yeah, Heather, you get a gold star. That's exactly what we want folks to do because you can't can't go wrong. I mean, our you're always safe when you're shopping on Amazon and our app and our website are trusted places and sources of information. So if you're not sure if there's even a hint of doubt, you know, go there and see. That's where you can check your orders. That's where you can see via the, in the message center whether we are trying to reach out to you. But you can also know that we or others generally won't ask you for that kind of information in any kind of communication. When I mean like a password or or certainly we would never ask you to pay for something or buy a gift card over the phone are telltale signs. And then there's, there is that we've been working, for instance, for email, we've been working with leading email providers and adopting this verification technology. So if it's an email from Amazon, you'll see the Amazon smile and a verified sender mark for emails that come from us. So those are the kinds of things people can look for to to try to sort through a scammer or not. Okay. Now, of course, a scammer would probably try to fake that by putting a fake Amazon smile and a fake verification mark. So what are some ways to actually know that, okay, yeah, this is actually from Amazon and not from some random website? Well, the couple of things. The, the, the tech I'm talking about is that's one of the things working with providers and such it's not actually something, well, at least up to now, something they can fake and try to put in there. They may try to embed it in some, in some of the text, but the, from the email itself, it, it'll be verified and you could trust that. But the, the thing to really key on is that I tell people is whether or not it even it's something you'd expect. And that's whether it's something coming from Amazon, uh, another company, because this is an industry problem. Like for instance, I just got a random reach out from my electric company. And so whether it's that or it's, you know, your long lost cousin, Bill, that are these communications you even thought could be possible or you were expecting, that's where I tell folks to be a little leery and take a pause before you click on something, text somebody back or call somebody back to see, does it make sense? And if, and if it's with Amazon, like we talked about, I'd say go check it out on our app or our website. And, and that's the way you can tell if it was really us that's reaching out. Okay. So once we've checked it out, logged into the account, verified that this is not a legitimate order, not something that I ordered, not something I should be interacting with, 
What do we do with that suspicious message? Tell us. Okay. Um, and the way to do that is Amazon.com slash report a scam. You can tell us about it, give us the details on it, and then we take that and investigate it and go do something about it. Uh, last year, we took down over 20,000 phishing websites. We took down over 10,000 phone numbers these people were using and referred hundreds of bad actors to law enforcement uh, here and around the world. Wow, that's great. So what sorts of processes are in place to protect shoppers and hold those scammers accountable? Yeah, it's when we get those things, we do some detailed investigation. We connect dots because, you know, we're a large place and we get a lot of these kinds of reports and we work to see if, if we can triangulate, if you will, where the scammer is. And we'll work with the industry and some telecommunications folks to get to the right place so we can hold them ag- accountable and, and shut them down uh, so they aren't impacting others. That's that's what we do with that information that folks provide to us. And then, and I want to take a second to have folks not be ashamed, if you will. We've kind of, we've, that's a re- very real thing that people feel embarrassed that, you know, maybe they got taken advantage of and they just shouldn't be. I mean, these are people actively trying to steal from you and they're, they're smart and very smart people are taken in. So don't feel embarrassed about it. Please let us know. As I said, Amazon.com slash report a scam. Let us know, and then we can do something about it. Uh, we can stop somebody else from getting hurt, um, and we can make sure you're safe along the way. So please let us know. Perfect. Okay. So Amazon.com slash report a scam if someone has received an attempt to fish or a uh, fake order confirmation, Amazon.com slash report a scam. And what if listeners want to find out more about the scams in general and how to spot a scam and make sure that they don't fall for it in the first place? Yeah. And conveniently enough, I'm going to send you to the same place. Amazon.com slash report a scam. Not only can you report there, but they're embedded in the same location are links to tips and tricks, how to be on the lookout for them and how to keep your accounts either on Amazon or other places safe from these bad actors. And then you can also go, we work a lot like with the Better Business Bureau and they have a scam tracker there. If you're interested in learning more, it, it can tell you some latest trends. We work with them as well. Okay, nice. So check out the Better Business Bureau for scam information or just go to amazon.com slash report a scam, amazon.com slash report a scam, and you can find more information there. Or if unfortunately you do happen to be targeted and fall for a scam, that's where you report it so that Amazon can take action and stop the scammers from doing more. So amazon.com slash report a scam. And Scott, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know some of the new scams that are happening and how to protect ourselves and what to do if we come across these scams. So I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. 
Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and joining me is Lena Haas, Principal and Head of Wealth Management Advice and Solutions at Edward Jones. According to a recent study, nearly all retirees agree that preparation and adaptability are keys to success in retirement. Lena, thank you so much for being here today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So why is flexibility and openness to change so important in retirement? Great question. What we saw is that retirement is not a static destination. It's really a dynamic journey and life's changes, we call them curveballs or cannonballs, happen to vast majority of the people. We heard the concept of curveballs. That's when a minor derailer happens. And that's something like, you know, an unexpected car repair. And the difference between having this really be a big setback or a minor inconvenience is how prepared are you? Do you have an emergency fund or do you have to go into debt? And there are cannonball events, events that are really potentially knocking us out, such as death of a loved one or major health setback. So how we handle and how we respond, we heard from retirees, is the difference between surviving in retirement and thriving in retirement. That's why it's just so important to have this mindset of taking action and and being proactive and making good choices. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of great advice for any area of life, but especially retirement, because, you know, that's supposedly the end of the journey and you want it to be a nice end to the journey. So what are some of the key areas that you would focus on to make sure that we have a successful retirement? Yeah, and it's interesting. You said it's an end to the journey. It is, but, you know, increasingly people redefine what it is to be successful in retirement. Retirement is not seen as just sort of time for leisure. It's seen as time to be active, enjoy things that maybe you didn't get to enjoy first time around, like a career or passion you didn't pursue, spending time with family members, taking that vacation you always dreamed of. And so in order to ensure that you're successful in retirement, it's important to think not just about the financials, We saw that there are four key ingredients to a holistic retirement plan, four things that are important to everyone. And those are health, so personal wellness, family, ability to spend time with those you love, and interestingly, perhaps not spending time with folks we might find toxic, Mm -hmm. was a very interesting result from the survey. Purpose, uh, it's that sense of meaning and why I get out of bed every morning, and then finances. And finances is really an enabler for that security across all of the areas. 
Yeah, that's interesting that now the focus has spread out and as you said, more holistic. So retirement doesn't have to be the old school definition of retirement anymore. I love that. Yes. And what we see is that pre-retirees, retirees tell us that what is very helpful to them is sit down with a financial professional and their family members with whom they plan and have a very honest and open conversation about what really matters to them. And sometimes you find that there is a difference, you know, between spouses. And so having that open conversation with somebody who is not biased, who is going to guide you through how to put together the plan is really important. The second thing that we heard is that it's important to go through different scenarios. So you may think that you have a great retirement plan and, you know, in so many years you're retiring at a perfect lake house, but we saw that about 30% of people are forced to retire early, either because of personal health situation, because they're becoming a caregiver to somebody else, or because of an unexpected loss of job. And so it's so good in advance, we heard, to go through different scenarios and say, well, if something unexpected happens, this is my plan B and plan C so that I'm prepared and and don't react when sort of in the moment of emotion. Yeah, nice. Okay. So speaking of family, what did you find out about retirees supporting other family members financially, whether that be the kids or the grandkids? Very interesting findings. What we saw is that on one hand, retirees think it's so important to spend time with family members. In fact, one of the most joyful events in retirement is becoming a grandparent. And at the same time, we saw that while retirees really want to help their children, they need to set boundaries for when and how much. And so there isn't a one-fits-all approach, but again, it's very, very good to sit down in advance with the children and discuss how much they're going to be helping them financially for how long and under what circumstances. You can't be the family bank. That's the sentiment we heard rather clear. And in general, retirees were very worried that they are, in fact, at some point going to become burdened to their children. And so they wanted to make sure that they can have their money last during the entire retirement. So at no point are they in that situation when they'll be forced to ask their children for help. And in general, it was kind of great to hear that there is a lot of generational generosity. So parents are being responsible and don't want to rely on children and ask them for help. And then children, we asked millennials about this, they say that they would much rather parents actually have good financial discipline, think about themselves, think about how to make their money last, than, for instance, focus on the children and on leaving them inheritance. That was kind of contrary to the perception that millennials, you know, they think only about themselves. Not at all. And it was great to see Yeah, that's great. That's very interesting findings. So where can people go if they want more information on successful holistic retirement or even to get personalized advice and guidance? Yes, we encourage folks to go to edwardjones.com slash new retirement. And there are really interesting pointers there that might be helpful for people to consider. 
Okay, awesome. So edwardjones.com slash new retirement is the website to go to for more information on successful holistic retirement, edwardjones.com slash new retirement. And Lena, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing the interesting findings, as well as sharing your expertise with us and giving some tips on how people can experience a more successful retirement. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the Valley. Walker Furniture is seeking nomination letters for its ninth annual Help for Heroes program, which provides specialized furniture to help wounded active military or veterans. Nominate yourself or a loved one by submitting a letter by next Saturday, July 8th. Just outline who the furniture is for, what they need, and why. Twelve recipients will be chosen from all the nominees to receive their free specialized furniture. You can drop your letter off at either the Henderson or MLK Walker Furniture locations or submit it online at walkerfurniture.com. That's walkerfurniture.com. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include Monday, July 10th at 8 p.m., benefiting the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada, and Monday, July 24th at 8 p.m., benefiting Project for Humanity. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. Foreclosed Upon Pets, Inc., or Fuppy, is a featured charity at the Las Vegas Aviators game versus the Reno Aces on Saturday, July 15th at 7 p.m., which is Looney Tunes night with free bobbleheads for the first 2,000 people, and $5 from each ticket sold will be donated to Foreclosed Upon Pets. They're also holding their 15th annual fundraiser on Saturday, August 26th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., at the Meadows School, 8601 Scholar Lane, which is Rampart and Lake Mead. Tickets are only $45, payable at the door, and RSVPs are appreciated by August 10th. You can email Sandy Marsh at smarsh2009 at yahoo.com. That's smarsh2009 at yahoo.com. And you can also find out more about Foreclosed Upon Pets at foreclosedupon.pets.org, foreclosedupon.pets.org or facebook.com slash Fuppy Las Vegas, F-U-P-I Las Vegas on Facebook. 
Project Access is seeking donations for their back-to-school event to help kids living in affordable housing communities in Las Vegas. You can drop off school supplies at the Project Access Family Resource Center at Accent on Decatur. That's 2950 South Decatur Boulevard, north of Desert Inn, before Monday, July 17th. Find out more at project-access.org. That's project-access.org. The Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth, or NPHY, is holding their annual back-to-school education drive, and they're looking for monetary donations or school supplies through July 20th. These supplies will be distributed to the estimated 14,000 students in Clark County who are experiencing homelessness and can't afford the supplies they need to continue their education. You can make a monetary donation or choose something from their Amazon wish list at nphy.org. You can also drop off donations in person at the NPHY Drop-In Center, 4981 Shirley Street near UNLV, across from the Thomas and Max Center, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And again, to make a virtual donation or find out more, visit nphy.org. That's nphy.org. The fourth annual Battle for Vegas charity softball game will take place on Saturday, July 22nd, with gates open at 5.30 and first pitch at 7.30 p.m., plus post-game fireworks at 9 o'clock at Las Vegas Ballpark. It's the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Las Vegas Raiders, and you can watch your favorite stars battle it out for ultimate bragging rights, all for a good cause. Find out the details or get your tickets at battleforvegas.com. That's battleforvegas.com. Victory Outreach Church is holding a free back-to-school event with free haircuts and school supplies for the kids on Saturday, July 29th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Paradise McLeod Park, McLeod and Tropicana. There will also be entertainment, music, food, giveaways, and more. Find out the details at volasvegas.org. That's V-O. LasVegas.org. And the Las Vegas Clark County Library District's free summer challenge program is running through July 31st with lots of prizes for kids and adults, including bookstore items, water bottles, tote bags, museum tickets, a telescope, a $100 Amazon gift card, and cool swag from the Vegas Golden Knights. Sign up to track your progress or find out more at thelibrarydistrict.org slash summer challenge. That's thelibrarydistrict.org slash summer challenge. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.